0: For years, more and more care has been shifting outpatient. On today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily, we dig into just how fast hip and knee replacements have moved from inpatient settings to outpatient and ambulatory surgery centers and what it portends for other procedures. It's Friday, August 12th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GS Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in about 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show.
1: Ready to pop the question?
0: Before we start today's show, I have a quick announcement. After three wonderful years of producing GIST Healthcare Daily, this is my last episode. I'm moving on to tackle a new challenge. Thank you all so much for listening. The podcast will be taking a break as we hire and train a new host, but we're planning to be back in September. The migration of procedures away from hospital inpatient departments preceded the pandemic, but COVID just accelerated that shift. This is most obvious among orthopedic procedures like hip and knee replacements. To quantify just how many procedures are moving outpatient and where they're being performed, my colleagues at GIST Healthcare partnered with Stratazan, a Centellus-owned healthcare data analytics firm providing market intelligence for strategic planning. With data from Stratazan's proprietary all-payer claims database, Just found that by the end of 2021, a quarter of knee replacements and about a third of hip replacements were done in inpatient settings. That's down from over 95% in 2018. We're publishing a detailed infographic about this later on today on our website and in our emailed newsletter, The Weekly Gist. You can check it out and subscribe at gisthealthcare.com. But to talk more about what the data shows and how this is impacting health systems, I spoke with Stratazan's senior product manager, Michael Shipley. Here's some of our conversation. There's been a lot of focus on the move of a variety of care to outpatient settings. And so how is Stratazan analyzing this for clients?
2: There is, of course, a lot of industry focus on this trend. Now, this isn't brand new. This has been in progress for many years. And it's not just inpatient to outpatient. The way we have to think about this is that healthcare delivery is changing, fundamentally changing. And if you think to the pandemic, the impact that had, that was a pivotal in fact, an accelerating event. In the pandemic, all in-person volumes plummeted. Telehealth became the norm rather than the exception. At Stratazan, what do we do? We help our healthcare clients through all of this. We have a variety of options for them. First, we provide data from a number of sources, CMS, state data, and one that we especially like for trending, like we're looking at today, is our all-payer claims data. With those, they can view historical trends themselves. They can also, as as they're digging into this, they can look at specific markets. They can slice and dice by geography, by facility. They can segment into specific groups of CPT or ICD-9 codes that they use to define their service lines. The next step is to forecast these changes into the future. And our clients can build their own models for this. Stratisent also has a proprietary projections methodology that helps determine not just what has been happening, but also what is most likely to happen in the future.
0: And so can you give me some insight into what procedures or service lines have seen some of the most dramatic um, transition to outpatient settings? And you know where are these procedures going? Because outpatient can mean a lot of different things.
2: Orthopedics, of course, really jumped out, in particular, the trends that we're seeing in knee and hip replacements. Once CMS took knee replacements off its inpatient-only list, inpatient volume began to plummet. Same with hip replacements. And to your point, it's not just that they're going out of the IP realm into a outpatient setting. It's that they're going more and more into ambulatory surgery centers. And that is a really critical point for acute providers. To emphasize that, I saw an article this week pointing out that about 70% of ambulatory surgery centers are independently owned for now. And I'm Caveating for now, because many health systems are beginning to hone in on that ASC opportunity. So regulatory and reimbursement changes and healthcare consumerism are continuing to drive this sort of change.
0: As Stratazan's data illustrates, as of the end of 2021, about three quarters of knee replacements were done in hospital outpatient departments and ambulatory surgery centers, leaving just a quarter in hospital inpatient departments. So while the shift is clearly still ongoing, there's going to be a floor, right? Like not everyone's healthy enough to get these procedures in outpatient settings. Do you have a sense of what the floor might be? Like what percentage of these procedures does Stratazan think will remain inpatient long term?
2: That's something we look at regularly. And I think it's still to be determined. But when when we start making our future forecasts, one of the things we do is look at trends like this. They're very important. But another th- really critical factor to bring into the forecasting models is demographics. And as the patients age, their behavior characteristics with respect to healthcare with respect to everything, right? But especially with respect to healthcare are going to change as well. And they are going to need typically to have their care in more acute settings. We can't expect everyone and everything eventually to get to an ambulatory surgery center. Not all patients are going to be candidates for ASCs or even for hospital OP. When boomers hit 80, 85 years old that's gonna change the equation. And a lot of that care is going to get driven back to hospital OP or even impatient, so it's important to keep an eye on this data long term.
0: Were there? I know we're focusing on the orthopedics and the hips and the knees, but do you have any insight? Are there any other service lines that you think are important to call out as well?
2: Neurosurgery. Let's use that as an example. That's a very interesting story. Outpatient neuro. It's been established for many many years, actually, for quite some time, but. What we're seeing still today is that hospital inpatient is continuing to decline slowly, but continuing to decline. Interestingly, so is hospital outpatient. The real winner in neurosurgery right now is ambulatory surgery centers. So based on the data I was just reviewing, in 2017, less than 25% of neurosurgery was taking place at an ambulatory surgery center. Now that's up to about 33% and still rising. Inpatient down from about 33, 34 percent down to about 28 percent, and the remainder, hospital outpatient has gone down from about 42 to about 40. So small declines, but generally more and more volume in the ambulatory surgery centers. Similar story in gastroenterology. Overall, ambulatory surgery centers have gone from about 44 percent of that volume to about 52 percent. The majority of the increase there coming from the hospital outpatient setting. Another example, we're even seeing a trickle of volume now for cardiac CAS and ASCs. That was you know, perhaps unthinkable 10 years ago, but it lines up with CMS approval of that procedure or various procedures in that area in 2019 and 2020. The trends I'm citing are at the national level, digging into a local market, which is something that our clients at at Stratasan always have to do is look at their local markets. And digging into your local market, you may find that you're ahead of the curve on some of this. You may be, find that you're behind the curve on some of this. And that's why it's important to look at real data when creating a plan.
0: And do you know, is Medicare leading the way here with removing the procedures from the inpatient-only list and then commercial payers are following suit? Or are, are there some instances, and in, in you're seeing with the data, where commercial payers are sort of leading the way of shifting to outpatient and Medicare is following suit?
2: Well, things usually begin with commercial insurers, but with limited volume. And you can see that in the infographic that we're publishing today. What you see is limited outpatient volume began to creep in prior to CMS decision, which makes sense. Commercial payers absolutely want to find lower cost care settings. But it's typically not until CMS gets on board that the floodgates really open. And this has a dual effect, really, two effects. First, it's kind of a seal of approval, if you will, for all payers and providers to start going in that direction But second, it opens the door for volume, sufficient volume for providers to make the investments that they need to make in order to start putting those outpatient protocols in place.
0: So can you give me a sense of what the impact is for some of the systems that you work with with this outpatient shift? I know we've talked about it at a high level, but are there any markets or systems we can sort of zoom in on and see real world impacts?
2: The volume, in a sense that's easy to figure out. We can look at the historic trends. We can look at the future trends that we're trying to see. The historic trend is of course, a flattening of inpatient use, right? Increase in, increase in outpatient use, redirection of outpatient volume from hospital outpatient into ambulatory surgery centers. And into other, uh, for depending on what we're looking at, into other entities not even affiliated with the health system. For example, the, the, the move into urgent care centers financially, that's the critical piece, right? Um, And that's what a health system needs to be focusing on. How are they going to pivot to respond to these changes? One system we're working with, I won't mention their actual name or location, but it is a fairly major hospital system in the Midwest. They are investing in ASCs. And so a key question we've been helping them with is the difference in reimbursements between hospital outpatient in ambulatory surgery centers. Since they don't have any ambulatory surgery centers, they needed to look at data on reimbursement levels for ambulatory surgery centers and competitive data in their market areas. So that's something we've been digging into with them. And so far it's been validating their approach of moving forward with their plan and also giving them ammunition they need to negotiate with payers to get rates that are appropriate for both the setting and Their level of expertise in that market.
0: Michael, as we've been discussing, the shift is happening really fast. I mean, just five years ago, these hip and knee replacements were done almost exclusively in hospital inpatient departments. For some hospitals, this means a dramatic and fast loss of lucrative procedures. Since you said you expect other service lines to follow suit, how should hospital leaders be rethinking their strategies to prevent losing out on further revenue?
2: Acute care providers, in particular, have to be really strategic at this point in time. They have to determine where and how they intend to grow in order to meet the changing needs of their market. In the inpatient to outpatient to ASC front, reimbursement for hospital outpatient is lower than inpatient. Ambulatory surgery center is significantly lower than hospital outpatient. So what do you do? Looking at the data, it's coming. You cannot stick your head in the sand and hide. For some, like I just described, this may mean acquiring or building or partnering with ambulatory surgery centers or urgent care clinics or other ancillary service providers. For others, maybe it's a renewed focus on physician alignment, preventing preventing patient out-migration. Regardless of the specific strategy, their financial success, their financial viability going forward is going to be dependent on this planning process.
0: That was Michael Shipley, Senior Product Manager at Stratazan. Make sure to check out our joint graphic illustrating this outpatient shift in today's Weekly GIST, our weekly email newsletter recapping the top news of the week with executive level commentary and insight. You can read the edition and subscribe for free at gisthealthcare.com. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.